No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Good Friday to you. No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Sean, another week in the books. Mm -hmm. How you feeling? It's a big uh, day for you. Wait a minute. I forgot. Big day for you. Coming to America is out on Amazon. Hey, so I actually started watching it last night when I got home from Wait the Sun Devil game. Wait a minute. Yeah. You started a new movie and you didn't fit. You stopped it and you well, didn't dude, finish it. It was late. And so I was, why did you start it in the first place? Because I'm I have I, I have problems with patience in my life and certain things. If I want to watch something, I'm going to watch it. Well, apparently right you now. also have problems with commitment because you didn't commit to finishing the movie. <laughs> well, I, I tried. I was laying down watching it on the phone. You know, Lindsay was crashed out. It was late after the ASU game. By the time I got home, I'm like, oh, I want to check in. Uh, so it was good. The first 20 minutes were all right. They're, they they had, I mean, a ton of throwbacks in the first 20 minutes. Found out how Prince Hakeem has a kid in America based off the first movie. I was like, how would they possibly pull this off? Found that out. Don't necessarily hate it. Don't love it, but don't hate it. But anyway, I'll get through the whole movie, and then on Sunday's program, our Facebook Live Sunday broadcast at 11 a.m. for Noble Live, I will give you the full review with the with thumbs the, with the, with the official thumb scale, scale yeah. which includes yeah. half thumb, full thumb, thumb and a half, two thumbs. You know, there's your thumb scale. So I'll give you the full the full Sean Cressman thumb scale on uh, on uh, coming to America on Sunday. But yeah, okay, not really. Watch not really tonight. my place to tell you how to watch movies, seeing as there's a list of movies I've never seen. But it just feels weird that you a movie came out, you were so excited about it, but you only watched 20 minutes well, of it. It feels like you should have just cleared your schedule for today to be able to watch it. Here's what happened, right? So what had happened was I got home and I was laying down. Uh, like I said, Lindsay was already crashed out, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, try not to be loud and bother her and the dogs. And so I just laid down. I'm like, oh man, I wonder if they release these on Amazon. Because it's an Amazon Prime movie. I wonder if they released these on Amazon at midnight. So I just went to check in on it. And sure enough, it, it was. was there. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I got to click on it. I can't not click on it when it says watch now. As You got it, Amazon. I'll watch now. So I clicked it. And, and uh, yeah, so I just did. I did, I wanted to make sure I wasn't dozing in and out. So I, I stopped about 20 minutes in. So there okay, you well, go. Well, you've now... Now put it out there that we'll get the full review of the movie Correct. on Sunday. So we will await that. Uh, let's not wait any longer to tell everybody what is in the lead on a Friday. This is the one they're talking about. Honestly, the All-Star break. The National Basketball Association and the Suns go into it. Second place in the Western Conference. I will remind uh, you of this fact every chance I get. Suns, second place in the Western Conference. And they go into the All-Star break in style. A, a big win over a shorthanded Warriors team, but it is a win nonetheless, a 120-98 victory. They head into All-Star Weekend. We're going to a little bit of an award show here on a Friday. We're going to give out some awards for the Phoenix Suns in the first half a little bit later on in the program. But, Sean, the first half of the NBA season is done. The Phoenix Suns' second place in the Western Conference. I didn't think I would say that here on March 5th, yet here we are. Yeah, like, you know, we had, like the Paul Rudd clip we were wearing out the other on, on Wednesday's show. Look at you us. Know, Jazz one, Suns two. Hey, 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 look at look us. Look at us. Who would have thought, huh? Not me. In front of both the Lakers and the Clippers. Right, not me. So, But it feels good. And listen, when you start to look at the back half of the schedule, you start off with a road game, but then you got five at home. That's nice. I think you got another... You got another stretch later in the second half of the schedule where you got five plus games at home, but all the the Eastern Conference who's who that had to come to you in the front half, the Nets came to you, the Bucks mm -hmm. came to you, you know, 
you got to go there in the second half. So it's kind of nice that you've built up this kind of cushion because if you're a Suns fan, you're sitting second right now. No, whatever. no, 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 don't do so this. Are you are you are you are you feeling like you're the second best team in the in the in the NBA right now? What? Are you Why really feeling you? like it? Why because you've you got losses. Way, because you got losses to the Hornets, the Pistons, uh, okay. the the the, 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 the Thunder, Ooh, the, the Pelicans. I bet you they don't have five losses to sub 500 basketball teams. I'll bet you that. Well, they only have nine losses on their on their. Listen, you know, record. This is is your goal. This is your goal through the Phoenix Suns for the second half, Schubert. You listen to me. You listen good. Okay. Your goal in the second half is to not feel like you have to be second in the West or second in the NBA right now. You want to be top four in the West, so you have that home buy right for the first, not the home buy, but the you have home court advantage for the first round. Mm-hmm. So that's important. If you don't land that, you just got to make sure you stay six and above. You don't want to get into that play-in garbage, right? You don't want to be Listen. sucked into that thing that's going on this year. If you can just punch your ticket, those are your expect. Those are your goals for the second half, right? If you're a Suns fan, those are realistic. Hey, get me home court advantage in the first round of a playoff series. That's one. So keep me in the top four. But damn it, don't let me go below six. You can get into that play-in garbage. Stay there. So those, those are your goals in the second half. Keep them realistic. It's amazing to sit here at the All-Star break and see a Phoenix Suns team that's two in the Western Conference, two in the NBA. But realistic expectations, second half. We try to be that way here on No Bowl. Keep, give me that home court. If you can't do that, fine. Just don't let me fall all the way down to that play-in garbage, please. I'll tell you this. The Suns fall to that playing garbage. We're going to have a different conversation about what <laughs> yeah. happened in the well, second how, half. How, the many, how many games okay. are they above the seventh seed right now? How many games? So, uh, okay, I closed the tab that had the, the NBA standings. Let me pull it back up here for you. But I, listen, they're two right now in the West. They are right. in front of both the Lakers and the Clippers. You're talking about them potentially just falling to maybe four or five. Yeah, I think that would be would be somewhat disappointing considering no. the way things were. You're telling the, me, the, you're te- hang on a second. Seven seed right second. now is eighteen and fourteen. Stop for a second. You're telling me you'd be disappointed if you if you happen to fall behind the Lakers, who by the way. You have the same amount of wins as right now, or the Clippers, who, by the way, you have the same amount of wins as right now. So you're talking about a game here, a game there. Listen, fall drops you down to change. four. They oh, change on how you play. It. You played stop an incredible it. first half of basketball. You're, you're second in the West. You're gosh darn right. The expectations have changed around this basketball team to where if they fall to six, I'm going to be a little upset. Well, six, yeah, six, I'm going to be a little upset. Even though that's only a three-game difference between you and the six-seed Nuggets See, the right now, is and a you competitive. and I know, and I know that you love you some Nuggets, so the Denver Nuggets are a good basketball yeah. team. Yeah, so you're not going to be shocked if they go on a little bit of a run. Are you going to be shocked if Dame and the Trailblazers go on a little bit of a run? No. Speaking of, we're going to talk about Dame here in a minute because yeah. LeBron James did Devin Booker wrong last night. Wrong. So, but, but yeah, if you let the Spurs catch you, who are sitting at 18 and 14 right now, and you fall into that play-in garbage all of a sudden, then yeah, you're going to be a little upset. Well, uh, but Sean, wait a minute. But because if you, if they fall to that 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 spot in the standings, there's going to have been something that has changed about this basketball team, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be playing a very different style of basketball than we saw through the first 35 games in which they were 24 and 11. So there's going to be, I mean, the context around it matters. But so, listen, I'll go out on a limb. Yeah, if they fall below the five seed in the West, I'm going to be disappointed. I am with the way that they play. They went into they went into the Staples Center and they and they beat the Lakers. I don't care that the Lakers didn't have anybody because we saw when they played Brooklyn when they didn't have anybody. They were like, here you go, Brooklyn, take the game back. We didn't we didn't want it anyway. Hey, so, so I, 
I'm just, okay with this. I am okay with this. Should we just do the rest of our second segment that we had planned right now too, or just move, you know let's just move on uh, here? And I, this is this is in the lead, Schubert. This is in the lead. A little excited. All right, we'll, get to, we'll get more to um, that coming up here in a few minutes. So. More basketball, more Suns-related content here because they did the draft last night Mm -hmm. for the NBA All-Star game that's going to take place over the weekend. And Sean, LeBron James did Devin Booker wrong because when the reserve portion of the draft started with the first, LeBron could have taken Devin Booker. He was available to him. No, took Damian Lillard instead, left the door open for Kevin Durant to take Devin Booker. And then LeBron got upset on the broadcast that Devin Booker you know, wasn't available to him. Listen, you had to pick. LeBron, you could have taken Devin Booker. Now he's going to go be on Team Durant. Durant's not even playing in the game, but he's going to go be on Team Durant. And uh, he's going to play very well. But very quick off the board for Devin Booker. He was not around uh, in the reserve section of the draft for very long. I believe he was the second player taken. Yeah, and I think- LeBron took Dame, and then I think Kevin Durant took... Uh, took Devin Booker right after. I'm kind of kidding. LeBron, Damian Lillard is a good selection. Well, and Chris Paul went, what, a couple rounds later? A couple, couple picks later. There's only two rounds, technically, well, Sean. You get there's what I'm the saying. starter round, and then but there's you, the but, reserve but you, round. But you, but you get what I'm saying. Who I know should, what you're who, saying. Who yeah. should have been voted in there, coaches? Who should have been voted in there, coaches? Oh, okay, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like this. You're taking shots. Okay, yes, and I agree <laughs> with you. Like, we said it at the time. Um, and, and I think you know, the way that the draft played out kind of emphasized that. So, uh, All-Star this weekend, we know Devin Booker is going to be participating in the three-point contest. Uh, he will also be participating as a member of Team Durant in the NBA All-Star game itself. Sean, got a Cardinals-related story here I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan of this. Go ahead. Let's, uh, let's talk about this. Well, should we rewind? Because I know we don't have the audio available, but we did the show on Wednesday, and you're like, you know, even if it, the cap number comes in a little bit lower, J.J. Watt's cap number will still be probably, you know, 10, 11 Pushing million dollars. Pushing double digits. It, yeah. Uh, it's $4.9 million uh, oh. for the 2021 season. We now have an idea of how this contract is structured. I will read it to you. A cap hit of $4.9 million for J.J. Watt in 2021. $15.9 million in 2022. The more important number there is that is 7% of the Cardinals cap in 2022. And then he has a cap number for 2023, ladies and gentlemen. Even though he's not playing for the Arizona Cardinals, he will count 7.2 against the cap. That is the way this contract has been structured. And then he has a prorated bonus that's going to get paid out in 2024 and 2025. This is very similarly structured to the way they did the Devondre Campbell contract last offseason with void years and they stretched the number out here uh the big thing for me sean that 7.2 million dollar cap hit in 2023 they can always kind of fix that later on this screams to me steve kime is doing everything in his power to put a team together in 2021 that can make the playoffs because if they don't make the playoffs he knows he ain't going to be able to make the decisions in 2022 and 2023 so it's not his problem he would rather deal with those problems later uh, because he needs to put together a team in 2021 that can win. Yeah, and that's what I'm a big fan of. Just kick that can down the road, man. We'll, sure. we'll figure yeah. that out hey, later. Listen, it's not like New Orleans is dealing with it no. or Pittsburgh's dealing with it listen. or Philadelphia's dealing with it. It's fine. Yeah, kick the can down the road. We'll figure that out. I like that. Pro good old procrastinating on your problems. I love it. Just kick it down well, the road. Well, might not be his problem. Might not be his problem. Yeah, if he loses, if they don't make the playoffs this year, it's not going to be his problem. It's going to be somebody else's. Uh, but no, that's that's a good number for them right now, 4.9. And we're going to get into this later on in the program. They actually had some adjusted money put onto their books too, so by the mm-hmm. NFL, so adjusted cap space. So the Cardinals doing a little bit better than we may have projected here. Not great still, but they're doing a little bit better. We'll talk about that coming up here in 10 minutes. 
Uh, that is what is in the lead here on a Friday. My apologies uh, for maybe ruining the next segment by discussing Half everything we wanted to discuss. Done. Jeez. I know. I apologize. I apologize. I'm a little excited here on a Friday, as you can tell. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to give out our first half awards for the Phoenix Suns. I didn't give that away in the lead. And then we will pick up our conversation about what their expectations should be in the second half. We'll do it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. The number today, 6,608 vehicles available right now as we record no bull powered by Earnhardt auto centers at their 17 brands 21 locations but even better nobull.com man now they're right there at your fingertips nobull.com browse 6608 vehicles right now at nobull.com and with their noble express option just make the whole process an absolute breeze why leave your home right in 2021 we all we're all so comfortable i'm sitting in sweatpants and a t-shirt right now i can buy a vehicle right here at nobull.com and noble express option they're going to bring a ride right to your front door to test drive as we tell you every show they're going to give you the option to fill out the financial application right there online they're going to deliver your ride right to your front door once the purchasing process is complete it's just an absolute breeze from a business you know you can trust a name you know you can trust since 1951 Locally owned and operated Earnhardt Auto Centers. Snowbull.com, 6,608 vehicles I see right now, and that number is always going up, always changing. Snowbull.com, Noble Express option. That ain't no bull. Well, Sean, let's pick up the conversation right where we left it. The Suns finishing the first half 24 and 11, second in the Western Conference, heading into the All Star break. We thought it would be fun to give out some awards for the performances in the first half but it, it, it it's not just that we give out awards right like I, I we just name a player you want to put us in the awkward position of having to pick between two different players yeah. for the award because giving the award out itself isn't a, a, a tough enough challenge that's boring you decided to one up it here yeah. and we're going to play a little bit of this or that so mm-hmm. player a or player b we have two choices hang on per award we need some but need Sean, some, it feels it feels a little empty I there was we go say it feels a little yeah. empty okay thank you all right there we go this song that we talked in the pre-show that you think you have played over 8,000 times in your <laughs> um, broadcasting career. Not now, broadca- I don't know if we're going to be able to go back in. 16 years as the audio director for the Phoenix Suns, Rattlers, and Mercury. 16 years of it. Never missed a game for you any of You think it's teams. close to 8,000. Uh, I would love us to run the math on this because yeah. I don't think it's anywhere <laughs> close to that number. Right, but okay, so anyway, we're going to give go. out three awards here on the show. MVP, Most Improved, and Sixth Man of the Year. And... For the sixth man of the year, we're just going with somebody, you know, sometimes is in the starting lineup. Just go with us, okay? MVP first. Devin Booker or Chris Paul? Devin Booker or CP3, Sean? I'm going to go. This might shock you considering I just had the boy, I had my guys back in the, in the, in the all-star draft discussion a few minutes ago. Sure. But I think the MVP of this team is Chris Paul. And the reason I say that is the mindset of this basketball team has completely changed. And I and you can see that in so many different areas. It, past Suns teams, if, if the third quarter plays out the way it did in L.A., if it plays out the way it did in L.A., they get ran out of that building. Even if, they, even if, they, have a, even if they have a seven-point lead at that point, they're getting run from the Staples Center that night. Uh, not this team, not with Chris Paul, not with the mentality of this basketball team. The, the previous Suns teams in the last decade stack losses. They'll let that net second half roll over to another bad game. Not this basketball team. Again, we, you know, I talked about it on Wednesday's show. 
You know, the last four losses have been followed up by at least a minimum of a three-game winning streak. Lost to the Thunder, three-game winning streak. Pelicans, you won six straight. Nets, you won three straight. Hornets, you've now won four straight. You know, that's veteran leadership, and I think that came, a lot of that comes from uh, Chris Paul and and what he's been able to bring to this team and others, right? You know, I'm not going to discount what Crowder's brought to this team. I'm not going to discount the growth of, of Devin Booker as a leader as well. But the uh, I think CP3, he's had some monster games on the court, but his leadership off the court, I think he's the MVP of the first half. I think if this was just a statistical-based argument, It'd I think it's Devin. no question that it's yeah. Devin Booker. Um, but I think when we're able to have this conversation about this team, most valuable player can actually mean most valuable player. Mm-hmm. It's not just a statistical argument. And I think the answer is unequivocally CP3 because I think of the leadership that he brought to this team. He makes everybody around him better, Sean. It's made Devin Booker better. It's made DeAndre Ayton better. It's made Mikel Bridges better. It's made Dario Saric better. It's made all of the players that we've seen. Listen, I like you said, I don't think they win that game against the Lakers the other night after Devin Booker gets run if it's not for CP3's leadership. He didn't even play much in the fourth quarter, but his no. leadership he hit is one what damn echoes shot. through He hit one damn team. shot that game. And, and, and it shows you, I think, the growth of this team, and I think it's because of the intensity that he brings. He demands a, a lot out of you, and I think that's a great thing, and I think the, the place you see it the most is with, with DeAndre Ayton. So, yeah, I think this is a no-brainer for me. I, listen, statistically, it's Devin Booker. He is having an incredible season, and he's getting the national recognition that he has so long deserved uh, in this conversation. But I think the impact, you know, maybe off the court more than on the court CP3 has had is a big deal. Okay, most improved, Sean. Your two choices here, Mikel Bridges or DeAndre Ayton. I have I I don't think we're gonna agree on this one. We agreed on MVP. I do not think we are going to agree on most improved. Oh, it's one hundred percent Mikel Bridges. All right, I we mean, are going to agree. I mean it's one hundred percent Mikel Bridges. I don't even think this is arguable. Right? Has there been some growth for DeAndre? Sure there has. But you know overall oh, from a statistical a lot of growth in my opinion. From but. a statistical standpoint though, he's down two points a game. You know, from his career average, he's actually down two points a game. He's up one board per game. Uh, his shooting percentage is higher over his career average. Uh, so there's some improvement there. It's, I think the biggest improvement's on the defensive side of the floor for, for DeAndre Ayton. And we've seen games where he's been very aggressive offensively, but still not necessarily consistent. But Mikel Bridges has been, I mean, you could almost argue he's been as valuable as the two guys we've just talked about. There's been some games where if it wasn't for Mikel Bridges, they don't have a chance winning that basketball game. You know, he's, he's improved on his – and, again, he's playing more minutes per game, so that helps. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's improved over his career scoring average by almost five points a night, you know, by almost three rebounds a night. By cut, by, by he's, he's up on the assist co- uh, column as well. He's shooting the ball, you know, four points higher than he was before from 48% to 52%. Uh, Mikel Bridges has improved across the board. And defensively, with, I mean, let's forget about it. He's, he, he's been sensational. So the most improved player for me for the Phoenix Suns it's not even in the it's not even the same ballpark if you want to bring Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton into the conversation. Well, we talked a lot about in the beginning of the season and even before the season started what it would take for the Suns because we felt after the CP3 trade that put them in that 6 spot really, yeah. that 5-6 spot where, yeah, in right. the Western Conference. And we asked the conversation at the time of, okay, what's now holding this team back? They have CP3. We think they're going to break that that 10-year playoff drought, which is the second longest in the NBA. We thought, okay, that box is more than likely going to be checked, barring a major injury, right? They're going to be in a good position for that. What's stopping them 
from elevating beyond that. And we thought it was the emergence of another option scoring-wise. You know what CP3 is going to bring to the table. You know what Devin Booker is going to bring to the table. And Sean, Mikel Bridges is my answer as well because he has emerged as that additional offensive threat for this basketball team. And again, DeAndre Ayton has been excellent, I think, this season. He has really stepped up and he is growing as a player. But Mikel Bridges has also excelled and stepped up and really has added another dimension to this team because it can't just be CP3 and Devin Booker every night. That's not going to win basketball games. Other guys have to do it. Mikel Bridges is the guy, and so I'll say most improved. And hey, listen, a large part of it is because he's getting more minutes and he's getting more opportunity to shine, but he's still been vastly improved. So I'll go Mikel Bridges. Sixth man of the year, Frank Kaminsky, Dario Saric, Sean. Are we going to be in unison? Are we going to go clean sweep three for three on awards? I'll let you go first this time so it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm cutting your legs out from underneath you. Go ahead. I'm going Dario Saric, man. He has, he has just thrived. Recency bias, come on. The, uh, no, it, what this team is I'm asking kidding. to do, he has thrived. Healthy, you know, being healthy has been a thing. Listen, we're, we're, uh, here's the way I look at this, Sean. Remember when he was supposed to be in Philadelphia, right? Remember what, what, what he was hyped up to be in Philadelphia? He, he was never going to live up to that hype after a while. You just knew that it wasn't going to work. He has carved out a really nice role on this basketball team, and he has become a guy that they can lean on. You saw it, Sean. You saw it. And listen, you can call me recency bias. That's fine. But look at the L.A. game. They didn't have Devin Booker. Darius Arch was on fire. Couldn't stop the guy. He was doing everything that they needed him to do with Chris Paul, and they take some of the pressure off of these other guys when he thrives. So, listen, Darius Arch has been a, a, a big-time player here since he's gotten here to Phoenix. He's having a great season. Darius Arch, sixth man of the year. I'm giving yeah, up. Yeah, well, he award. missed. You know, he obviously had that big chunk of games where he wasn't available, you know, missing from yes. game 12 to game 24 on the year. But uh, since he's been back, he's played pretty solid. He's averaging 12 points a game. Uh, you know, and, and you know, yeah, you have the 21 at L.A., you have the 19 against Memphis. No, he's, he's, he's been solid. He's got out a really nice role. Is the way the I reason I put Frank on there is because of the uh, the amount of steam he was picking up on social media when Frank starts ball games. the Phoenix Suns win. But if it's the sixth man of the year award, you got to go Dari. He's been, he's been outstanding for them uh, in, in spots when needed. You know, that's what's made this basketball team, I think, what it is so far this year. Like, the, the depth and the construction of this basketball team. You have your stars on the on the roster, right? You got your CP3, mm -hmm. and you got your Devin Booker, but the guys who are, are accepting a role are doing it very well. You know what I mean? Yep. Know your lane. They they know it. They've stayed in it. And they've, they've done, you know, a lot of the guys on this roster, from the Sarichs to the Frank Kaminsky's to the Cam to, you know, just go down the list. They've they've just embraced their role, and the team is as Abdul Nader's found a Nader, role. Yeah, this team, so like, I know. Good. I mean, so yeah, so, so it's, been, they, it's been nice. Everybody's yeah. kind of carved it's out a, a nice role. It's a well constructed basketball team. Well, and credit to that goes to James Jones, the general manager of the team. But it, it, it goes to Monty Williams. Yes. He's constructing lineups, and he's he has been. He didn't want to do it, but he has been okay when they had that stretch that wasn't necessarily great basketball. He mixed up the starting lineup. He's not afraid to mix it up when they need uh, to get you know some energy, and and that's been really nice to see. So yeah, listen, it's positive. Twenty four and eleven, second in the division, or second in the Western Conference. It's it's positivity. We'll give out awards. It's been nice. Let's see if they can continue and transition that into a very good second half. Because then, we'll, then, then, Sean, if we end if we end the regular season talking about a second place in the Western Conference Phoenix Suns basketball team, I think even you will agree the conversation changes completely. The conversation oh, on what we talk about this basketball team uh, gets blown up, and we talk about a whole new set of expectations for this team when it comes to the postseason. Coming up next on No Bull with Chris 
Crespin and Simone. Cliff Kingsbury spoke to the media, talked about J.J. Watt, also talked about a little bit of the roster construction for 2021. We'll get into it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. Well, Sean, we now know the contract situation for J.J. Watt. We know what the cap number is going to look like for 2021. Gives us a better picture of what Steve Kime's going to be able to be up to with the rest of free agency. 12 days away, Sean. I know you're counting down on your calendar. 12 days away from the opening of the new league year and free agency. I believe that means we are 10 days away uh, from the uh, the legal tampering period, uh, which, again, it just confuses me that we're able to call something legal tampering uh, when tampering itself is illegal. Uh, Sean Cliff Kingsbury speaking to the media, and we want to play a couple of the cuts that he had. He talked about J.J. Watt, but I think more importantly, Sean, was something that he mentioned when talking about Kyler Murray, a quarterback on a rookie deal, entering year three, right at the end of this offseason, we're going to have to have that conversation about a contract extension for Kyler Murray because apparently after three seasons, that's just a new rule in the NFL. Every every rookie quarterback after three years, that's when they get their new contract. So that conversation's coming around the corner. So Cliff Kingsbury talked about surrounding your quarterback, surrounding your young quarterback with talent because he's on a rookie deal. Here's what Cliff had to say. That's the common theme around the league is if you get a ascending quarterback on his third year where you can spend more money on the players around him, then um, you know that, that has an opportunity to to be a really good year and, and we hope um, that's the case here I mean he, he has like I said earlier he has the potential to be one of the top guys in the league we all know that and we have to continue to build around him um, you know coach at a high level around him and, and uh, see if we can help maximize him as a player Sean I wonder if your initial thought when you heard that comment was the same as mine because my initial thought was yeah, that's how Super Bowl champions construct their rosters, at least in the, in the recent era, is that's how you do it. You have a quarterback on a rookie deal. You're able to surround them with talent because they're on that rookie deal and they're not taking up you know, 17 18% of the cap. Yet, Sean, that's been the conversation we've had all offseason that the Cardinals don't have the money to surround their young quarterback with that kind of talent. I had that conversation that Cliff is talking about. And by the way, Steve Kime had said something previously the day before but I had that conversation last year when they extended, they traded for, and then extended DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, DeAndre yes, Hopkins. you do this now because you got your quarterback on the rookie deal. We talked about the the fact that they made Buda Baker the highest paid safety in the history of the game, despite at the time having never had an interception. But you could see the talent was there. And I said, yeah, listen, you do those moves now because you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. You can't keep saying that, though. You know what I mean? You're right. Eventually, <laughs> You're running out of money at some eventually point. the buffer you have of a rookie of a quarterback on a rookie deal runs out. It's not just it's just not fluid cash coming in at all times. Oh, we got the quarterback on the rookie deal. Go ahead and spend it. Hey, uh, hey, Steve, do we have money for that? Yeah, we got a quarterback on a rookie deal. Like you can't keep doing that. Eventually, the buffer wears out. You spent that. You spent your extra money because you got the quarterback on the rookie deal with the DeAndre Hopkins extension and the Buda Baker extension. By the way, for the record, I love both those moves. But you can't keep using that as a reason why we can spend recklessly. You know, yesterday I tweeted that the, that the Arizona Cardinals feel like that kid who lives in an apartment, has to have a roommate to make ends meet, but, God, that Corvette is so nice. Goes ahead and buys the new Corvette, right? That's what it kind of feels like. Because, you know, buying the Corvette would be awesome. Bringing J.J. Watt in is awesome but i'm probably still living in that apartment i was living in in the free agent market because i did that so you know that's what it feels like to me if you're the arizona cardinals right now but you stop with the we have a quarterback on a rookie deal therefore we can do what we want eventually that money ran out 
and it ran out last year with those two major major contract extensions that I talked about. Well, Sean, they also used money last offseason to sign Jordan Phillips to a three-year, thirty million dollar contract. Yeah, but that was they that's a Andre Campbell type to signing. It. You know, those are those are those are roster uh, but Sean, but when to go back to your example of somebody, you know, going to Steve Kahn, hey, do we have the money? And him going, no, we got a quarterback on a rookie deal. You use that money to fill other needs, right? So to your point, after a while, there's no money left in the bank account no. to be able to do this because you've been using it. You used it to make those two big moves that you talked about, but you also used it to make those depth moves, like like signing Devon Kennard, to, to, like signing Jordan Phillips, right? You made those moves in order to build out a roster and... Listen, it led to the season that they had last year, right? You you kind of you kind of spent the money last offseason. Now you're trying to do it again. You got JJ Watt on a relatively team-friendly deal here in year 1 cap number. That cap, cap number next year is big. It's 7% of the cap. You're paying him in 2022, or excuse me, 2023 to not play for your team. So you're using oh. all of the tools in the cap magic playbook to be able to continue to say yeah, we do have a quarterback on a rookie deal, but it, it it's thin. You got twelve million in cash space now. Which, by the way, for those of you who are owners um, of this show, know that we constantly update you on the cap number for the Arizona Cardinals. That number is a little bit bigger than it was earlier in the week because we learned that the rollover number for the Cardinals has actually been officially set. It's coming in a little bit higher uh, than anticipated, so the Cardinals have a little bit more money to spend their salary cap space. At a cap number of 180 and a half, closer to 190 million, because they have about nine and a half in rollover. If you don't spend money in the previous year, it rolls over, so you can spend over the following year. So the Cardinals now come in a little north of 12 and a half million dollars, Sean, to be able to do the rest of what they do this offseason. Still puts them in the bind that we continue to talk about. They're still going to have well, to cut a bunch of people to make moves. Not but they have a little bit more cap space than we, we maybe anticipate. Not necessarily a bunch, you know. Like if Robert Alford's not on the on the roster next year, are you going to miss it? You can't because you never. Well, seen no, him. he hasn't played for two. Years. Thank right. you. So and that and that saves you seven and a half. So now you're all of a sudden you you know you're you're pushing twenty million. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the Justin Pews of the world. You gotta miss it. You gotta miss him. No, but you have to you have to play somebody in that spot. Now all of a sudden you've got twenty seven million to put people in those spots. Do you get what I'm going here? So there's I, I know, agree. they got twelve million and they they still have some moves that they can make that opens up significant amount of cash. So they're gonna be in a better spot than I previously anticipated. Um, you know, will you be a player in maintaining Hassan Reddick on this roster? I, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, you can get the cap number too. You, you can you, find the money. You can to make if you the want. money now. You yeah, but mm -hmm. you know, again, you, that's a big chunk. That's that kind of falls into what I would consider a luxury item, not a filling out the roster or you know having things in your living room for my apartment analogy. You know, move. Um, you know, so Corvette though, man. So nice, right? Looks, I mean, JJ Watt looks amazing, and those you know we're seeing all the people putting superimposing the jersey on him on on Photoshop looks great, it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, we're still eating top ramen. So you know we uh, that, that's kind of you know it's great that Cliff can make those comments, and Steve Kime again made a similar comment. Oh, we got a quarterback and a rookie deal. Now's the time to use these contracts. You're not wrong, but you, you only have so many of them to use. Uh, I do like the the structure of the JJ Watt contract this year. But the problem is, let me just click on this 2022 tab on overthecap.com. <laughs> just kicking that can down the road, man. I mean, next year you've got Chandler Jones to figure out too, yep. right? And mm -hmm. so you'll have the J.J. Watt contract that is a $15 million cap hit next year. Then you also got to figure out the J the, the uh, Chandler Jones situation. And you know that, that luxury contract we keep talking about, your 
your your uh, franchise quarterback right. on a t- on this a is the offseason that, that comes to a head next offseason next year he can start getting after year three you can renegotiate let's say no Kyler, you can you do right but, that's the new norm in the national football league you do well ask Dak how that goes uh you know ask Kirk Cousins oh, wait, how wait that a minute goes. But, but wait a minute but none, neither of those guys first round quarterbacks but that have a 50 year option but it does had... though because when you look at guys that get drafted in the first round it is after year three in which they all sign their deals this offseason it's going to be Baker well, it's going to be Josh Allen it's going to be Lamar Jackson those guys are getting contracts this offseason it's anybody anybody can can renegotiate after the third year of their first contract that doesn't right, change we, first we, round or not when we talk so. about when we talk about quarterbacks right, right. These guys are going to get paid, and so are you going to be the team that says, "Nah, you know what, Kyler, we're going to wait." You can't do that. It's, it's ah. just not the way the game is played. Why not? Why not? All right, we can we can keep this conversation in the back pocket for next offseason. Why not? But if you are the team that after everybody else gets paid, you draft the guy number one overall, you don't sign him to the, to to a big time contract extension when he's available. Baseball might sound very nice around this time. <laughs> Just stop saying. it. Baseball stop might sound it. really Next nice around Kingsbury this clip, time please, sir. Set of it up. Because that's stop okay. it. Okay. Well, you brought us there. You brought us there. I hit the home run. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and also speaking to the media, talked about the J.J. Watt signing. And I thought this was really interesting as well, Sean. He, he, listen, he said that this team doesn't want to let J.J. Watt down. I would say J.J. Watt has, has the type of presence that you don't want to let him down. I mean, you saw... And you've heard some of those quotes coming out of Tampa with, with Tom and, and guys just don't want to let that type of player with that type of work ethic and that type of, um, you know, legend. They don't want to let him down. They don't want to be that guy that, that doesn't hold up their end of the bargain. And, and, and J.J. brings a similar presence with all he's accomplished and his work ethic and, and the type of person he is. And so I, I do think that that can be a, a big um, proponent to, to where we're trying to head this next season. I took this, Sean, as... Stop taking stupid penalties that cost us football games. Yeah, well, and not just that. Just uh, you know, understanding how to close team, close teams out that you should beat. You know what I mean? Like the 49ers, the Rams with a backup quarterback who's never played. Um, you know, you can't lose those ball games. You know, just not allowing games to get away from you late in the year. You know, going three and six down the stretch, like you know those type of moments. But yes, the penalties, the the penalties uh is 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 object number one but you know that's not something that you can just fix in the middle of the season that's something that's a mentality that you have to put in place you know going back to training camp we're going to be a disciplined football team and you hold people accountable we're going to be a disciplined football team and you hold people accountable you know that's the only way to fix those type of issues and and i know i agree with with cliff there um the penalties definitely comes to mind when you when you hear that clip you know, guys don't want to let somebody with a work ethic like J.J. Watt down, a guy of that magnitude, don't want to let a guy like that down. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with the penalty situations. You know, the, the stalled drives. The Arizona Cardinals had 16 stalled drives due to penalty last year. That is 32nd in the National Football League. 16. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's just, it's just inexcusable. You know, so I take it back. I lied to you. I lied to you. I lied to you big time. They had 16 okay. false start penalties that stalled drives last year. Wow. They had okay. 34 overall stalled drives last year due to penalty. 34. Try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Two per game. <laughs> I had to keep scrolling down. I didn't realize that. 34 <laughs> stalled drives last year for the Arizona Cardinals That's that, that uh, led the National Football League. 16 of them to false start alone. Pay attention. What, what, was the crowd noise getting to you? I mean, 
relax over there. So, I mean, those type of things can be fixed. Those type of things can be figured out. Um, you know, defensive holding, 16 of them last year. Yeah, but Sean, here's 18 of them last year. I mean, come on. I don't think I, the other issue I have with it is that I don't think it's as easy to say as all. Oh, now that we now that we have JJ Watt in the room, we'll stop taking those penalties. No, right? but the leadership it still goes back to the coaching that is that is a problem with this holding team. people accountable, holding people accountable. Well, like, coaches he, have to do that too. I, I understand that, and that's what I was just about to say. I don't know if you remember Bruce Arians and the stories of Bruce Arians and the board that he always has up in the team meeting room, the accountability board. It doesn't matter if your ass is Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald. Doesn't matter if you play for Bruce Arians and you've got some negatives on your on your tape. You're on the accountability board, you know, every day, right in front of everybody, right there in the team meeting room. You know, hold people accountable. Don't let those things slide. Uh, a guy like J.J. Watt, just go back to his Week 16 post game press conference and listen to it. Coming up just short of calling guys out by name about how you shouldn't be here. Hold guys accountable. Uh, I think J.J. Watt and, you know, Cliff Kingsbury pointing out there, I think he's the type of player, has a presence about him. Guys don't want to let him down. I think that's, that's relevant. That's some, of the, that's some of the intangibles we talked about when, mm-hmm. this, tra- when this signing happened the other day. Yeah, I, I agree 100% that, that he, he is going to bring that accountability. J.J. Watt is. But it goes beyond that, right? The coaches need Definitely. to keep players accountable as well. Yeah. And that's that was one of the bigger things that we saw last year is that we didn't feel that that was necessarily going on because the things conti- those penalties, those bad, brutal penalties that stalled drives or, or kept the drive alive for another team, those things continued to happen week after week, even at the later stages of the season. And that goes back to coaching. And listen, coaching – is still going to be, I think, the biggest talking point entering the 2021 season for this football team, no matter what other moves they make here when uh, the offseason opens up in uh, in 12 days. I believe, Sean, we have one more cut that you want to play here uh, yeah. from Cliff Kingsbury before we get out of here, and this well, one has to do with Chase Edmonds. And this is interesting because I'm going to put it through the through the BS meter here because I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury was trying to tell someone he was talking about Chase Edmonds. Uh, you've seen when he's had his opportunity, he, he's played um... – at starting running back level, and we all understand that you know he, he's unfortunately been nicked up a couple times, um, which we want to keep him on the field. But we have all the confidence in the world in Chase and him being able to be the bell cow if if that's how this plays out. Kenyon Drake will not be back uh, for the 2021 Arizona Cardinals. That is how I am interpreting what Cliff Kingsbury Schubert, just said. He said, "If that's how things play out, that's how he ended that clip. If that's how things play out, you can't just put words." In a man's mouth. And Chase and him being able to be the bell cow if, if that's how this plays out. So you can't just ignore Listen, that. You know, it can you play mean, the beginning part of the clip? It, I see you selectively edited the beginning part of the clip. Uh, you've seen when he's had his opportunity. He, he's played um, at starting running back level, and we all understand that. There you you know, go. He, he's unfortunately been nicked up a couple times, um, which we want to keep him on the field. But we have all the confidence in the world in Chase and him being able to be the bell cow if, if that's how this plays out. If that's how this plays out, well, right. I mean, I mean, Kenyon's gonna have to take a, a pay cut, right? And then you know, you know it's funny. Well, and he, the reason he, I wanted to play he, this is because it's a position of need that we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about, right? It's been the Hassan Reddicks, it's been the cornerback room with Patrick Peterson, it's been what's Larry Fitzgerald gonna do with the running back room and center, and we need to get into that too. The offensive line needs some work there, but the the running back group, you know, you pull Kenyon Drake out of there. What, what what's your plan there? You know, what what's what's your plan there? And there again, are mock drafts. I'd have the Cardinals taking Travis Etienne at 16. God, no. Please don't do that. But, that's, but that's wait a minute. Ridiculous. You ask how they feel that need. That's what people think they're going to do. No. Is they're just going to do it through the draft with Travis Etienne at 16? No, I'm good, man. You don't uh, – you know, no. 
There's so many other needs that need to be addressed yes, there. Thank you. You can you can you can you can get production out of the out of the running back room by committee if you need to. Uh, your quarterback also brings a lot to the table with the legs. So it's not like can, you have to have multiple run. You know, like a top tier running back within this offense. It's not needed. You don't overspend financially or you know, draft pick wise on on the position. But it is a position of need. It's going to be interesting to see going forward what they what they do with that. One of the guys that they might be able to take cornerback-wise at 16, I want to get this in because it actually happened while we were on the show, uh, Eric Stokes, they're doing a combine down in, uh, in near Miami with a bunch of guys from House of Athlete with Brandon Marshall. You ran a 4-2-5 reported 40 time today. Eric Stokes did. So just, just you okay, know, we're a, at that time of year a, where we look listen, at 40 times. As Eric a Stokes. fan of the Raiders for 30-plus years, don't draft Hayward for Bay. speed. Darius Hayward Bay. <laughs> Please don't draft because the guy is fast. Just, they, they, a guy right. that could be there at 16 had a good day today. 425. Uh, did you see four, that two, five, 40, 40 time? Up, oh, up. Oh, Raiders are taking him. No, let, let's Darius Hayward back. Stop it with that. Stop it. All right, you're, get you're, I think you're absolutely I don't think you're absolutely correct, though, that there are too many other needs that this team yes. needs to address. An offensive line is, is one that we really haven't delved into a ton because we've been focusing on the defensive side of the ball. That mock drafts that have the Cardinals taking ETN at 16, I think. I get it. I understand why you're picking because he would fit so well in this offense and they have the need, but there's just so many other things they need to address first, and I think they can get a running back uh, on day two and in the later rounds. That is going to do it for us here uh, on the on the program, Sean, on a Friday. But we're not done because we are going to be back on Sunday, Facebook Live, me and Sean Noble Live on Sundays. You're going to get the full review of Coming to America from Sean Crespi. He's going to finish <laughs> the movie, and he's going to give you the review of the movie, and then we'll get into everything else. Uh, a little probably an all-star uh, game stuff, shenanigans over the weekend that oh, we will yeah. get into as uh, so that you can look forward to on Sunday on our Facebook account. Uh, we will also tweet out the link so you guys can see it on Twitter. That is at Noble underscore podcast on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, and you can follow Sean on Twitter at S Crespin 2 Everybody, enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you on Sunday.